0: Thank you so much for coming back to another episode of Girl, God's Got You. Today, we're going to be discussing how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yes, I know that's a topic that no one really likes to hear and I think it's talked about a lot in different church services about how we have to be sacrificial, we can't be selfish, we have to put others before ourselves, but in daily practice it can be very hard to be comfortable with being uncomfortable when it comes to doing the things that we want to do in our everyday life. It can be difficult sometimes to figure out what boundaries to put on our life and where we should sacrifice those boundaries. The balance of life between doing What we want to do, doing what we know that we need to do, and then doing what we know God wants us to do can sometimes be hard to handle. And that's something, as a young 22 year old female, I have been learning about how to try to handle it better. I'm not perfect, I have days where I get overwhelmed, I overreact. I struggle with being uncomfortable, but I know that it's something that God wants me to work on, and I think it's something that He wants everyone to work on. And that's why I want to talk about it today and share some tips that have helped me in life and different things I've learned as I try to figure out this pathway of how to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And that leads me to the quote for today's podcast episode. It's by a woman named Mary Bean, and she said, The days you are most uncomfortable are the days you learn the most about yourself. I think understanding what things make us feel comfortable and what things make us feel uncomfortable could help us understand what we're prioritizing and if those priorities are lining up with our values, helping us understand what habits we have, the positive ones and the negative ones, and what we need to work on. And one of the only ways I think we could really excel in life is by being a little bit uncomfortable and pushing ourselves out of our boundary zones. And when we look at the basis of scripture, it talks a lot about things we have to give up for God, pushing out of our comfort zones. And I think God wants us to be uncomfortable, but there is a guilt associated with, okay, where is the line between how much I'm okay with being comfortable and how much is good to be uncomfortable? You know, how much will god let me be comfortable does he want me to be a hundred percent uncomfortable and not comfortable at all or does he want me to still have joy and satisfaction in life but still lean into uncomfortability even though these are all questions i think we have and ones that i'll address later in this episode i think this quote has a lot of truth where we do learn a lot about ourselves when we step into points of uncomfortability Now, the Bible verse of the week I picked to be Proverbs 16, verse 3. And that says, Commit your work to the Lord, and your plans will be established. When we're trying to understand the balance of being comfortable and being uncomfortable, I think that the main point of it all is that we need to live our lives for God. And to do that, sometimes we get to do things that we love and that we're comfortable with. But it also means we have to step out and be uncomfortable. But I truly believe that as long as we commit our work to the Lord, his plan will be established. And what we have to remember is that his plan is one that is faithful, one that is filled with joy and satisfaction, and that at the end of the day, we will receive the promises from God of joy, satisfaction, and abundance, even if that means we take a couple detours that we were not expecting. This also kind of lines up with the song of the week called Know You Will by Hillsong. It has a beautiful message as well as a beautiful melody, and I have the link linked in the show notes below. But some of my favorite lyrics from this song read, When the road runs dead, you could see a way I don't. And it makes no sense. But you say that's what faith is for. When I see a flood, you see a promise. When I see a grave, you see a door. And when I'm at my end, you see where the future starts. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. You've been good on every promise, from Eden to Zion, through every dead end and out of that grave. I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. I love how the singer constantly repeats, I don't know how you make a way, but I know you will. And as we as young women are trying to figure out how to live our daily lives and how to line them up with the bigger picture that God has for us, there's moments where we do not know how God will make a way. We don't know what we should give up and what we should keep pursuing, but we can have assurance that God knows. And that's kind of where I want to talk about my God's got you statement of the week. God's got you because he has made a plan that will bring you the most joy and satisfaction in your life. God wants you to live your life on his terms, not yours. And this can be extremely difficult at times because we want to do our own thing. We want to be independent. We want to be in control. But sometimes the way we want to do things isn't the way that God wants us to do things. But even though we sometimes don't know the way and we don't know what things should look like, God knows and we have to trust him and release a little bit of control because he has a promise that by following his plan in his guidance you will have the most peace joy and satisfaction so even though it's scary to give a little bit of control to God and be a little bit uncomfortable it's totally worth it and that's something that I'm trying to remind myself each and every day So before I hop in today's topic, I want to share my God's Got You moment of the week. And it's just essentially a way to share every week the way that God has shown up in my life. And I want to use it to encourage you that God will also show up in your life as well. I think it's wonderful when Christians share the highlights of their journey with God because it's good to talk about our struggles, the things that we have fear about, but it's also good to talk about the things we're grateful for and the positive things. So if you guys have a God's Got You moment of the week that you want to share and you want me to feature on this podcast episode, please message me your God's Got You moment of the week on my Instagram or through my email that's all linked in the show notes below and I would love to hear it. So please, 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 if you have a a gratitude or a positive point in your life you want to share with others, please share it with me and I will put it on this podcast. So my God's Got You moment of the week was my fun work conference trip I just got back from with my dad. It was a great conference all about different topics of how to have retirement planning tools for your clients, and I am a financial advisor, so I do that for a living, and I learned so much. It was wonderful to hang out with my dad, to travel with him. We learned a lot. It was great to meet other people in the profession, and it's one of the first work conferences I've ever been to because I graduated college during COVID, and a lot of different work conferences had to go virtual. So this is my first in-person one. I loved it. And it created a really great memory for my dad and I, but when we were traveling back from the conference, which was in Texas, we have some crazy flying patterns. So originally we were going to fly from Texas to Georgia and then from Georgia back to Arizona in Phoenix. Well we made the trip from Texas to Georgia, it went well, and then when we got on the flight from Georgia to Phoenix, we were flying into Phoenix, it was 11 something at night, this last Friday, well when I record this it's last Friday, but when I published this it's a couple weeks ago, um, so we were flying back to Phoenix and we were about to land in Phoenix in about 30 minutes. Well there are these huge thunder and lightning storms and we were circling this storm in the plane for about 30-45 minutes trying to see it would cl- if it would clear up and it didn't so we had to make make a detour to land at LAX airport in LA, California. So we landed at that airport. It was about 1.15 in the morning and they told us, okay, you can't fly back to Phoenix until 11 a.m. So we had to stay in the airport for 10 hours. We had a Sleep on the floor, sleep on the chairs. I was able to sleep on the chairs with my dad, but some people slept on the floor because it was comfier. Um, Craziness. And then we thought we were going to fly out at 11 a.m., and we didn't fly out probably till I think one or two. Crazy. And then when we touched down and landed, we had to stay on the tarmac for a little bit while um, one of the planes got out of the way of the exit. So literally by the time we got home that next day we got home at about 4:30 crazy so we were supposed to land at 11 p.m. on Friday night 11:30-ish p.m. but we instead ended up landing on Saturday at 3 3:30 p.m. crazy time but what it taught me is that sometimes plans don't go well how we want it sometimes we have to be flexible. And that requires being uncomfortable. You see, flexibility requires uncomfortability. And what I learned from all this, is that even though we got home at four, and our day was a little bit messed up, I've still had a pretty good weekend. I mean, right now it's Sunday, so I, it's still you know halfway through the weekend, essentially, because it's only two o'clock <laughs> on Sunday when I'm recording this. But I was still able to get all unpacked and all clean. I was still able to make some healthy food. I was still able to work out. I was still able to FaceTime my boyfriend. I was still able to get good sleep. And I have the rest of the day to do a bunch of things I want to do. So even though I was uncomfortable, and even though things weren't flexible, they literally did not go to plan, and that's how it was for everyone on that plane, the, the weekend still has gone great. And I think that's how we could feel sometimes when it comes to figuring out what our day should look like for God. Now for me, I love having structure and I love having a routine. But a pattern I've seen in myself since, a little, since I was a little girl is that when my routine does not go to plan, I get irritated, I get uncomfortable, and sometimes I get resentful. Those are all things that I don't like about myself, but I love routines so much that when I have to be flexible and uncomfortable, I'm not the nicest person to be around. And that is probably one of the biggest things I dislike about myself and something I'm always trying to work on. And for those of you that are listening to this and you feel the same way and you're trying to figure out a solution, I want to share the different type of habit I've been trying to form that has helped me. Now, I'm not perfect with this. I still do get annoyed or overreact or sometimes get resentful when things don't go my way. It's something I am aware that I'm working on, but it's, I've seen growth in myself, the most growth I've ever seen in my life on this topic. And I want to share what has been helping me. So what has been helping me is a tool that I call the 80 20 rule. But before I dive into this, I want to say a couple of things first. Have you ever felt a certain way in a church service where the pastor asks, what is one thing you put before God? What is one thing that you may be making an idol in your life? Now, of course, you probably have something that comes to mind. All of us do, whether it's a big idol or a small idol. We always, I mean, at least for me, I always have some type of guilt thinking, well, I know this is one thing I put before God or before others, and I know I should work on it. And then at least I think this way, and I'm sure you think this way, we get worried and that we think, oh my gosh, to be a good Christian, I have to give that thing up. I have to give all of it up. It has to be all or nothing. And I think instead of us having this all or nothing mentality and thinking, oh my gosh, there's a thing I prioritize a little too much. And in order to love God, I have to fully give it up. I want you to instead think about this 80-20 rule. Now, once again, I'm going to dive into this a little bit, but I also want to share a couple more things. So going back to the whole idolizing topic, I believe that the devil has a great way of turning something good into something negative. Usually what we idolize is a sin, but it's a sin that has grown from something good that God wants us to have. However, as we know, Satan likes to mess things up. For example, maybe if the pastor asked that question, one thing you realize you're idling, idolizing is lust. You know you're putting it before God. But if we trace our steps back a bit, I believe that God has put a desire in each of our hearts to have a lifelong spouse, a lifelong companion to be intimate with. But Satan can mess up a good thing like this and turn this desire that God has given us into the sin of lust. As I said before, Satan likes to turn good things into bad things. But a way to turn this idol of sin around is to make a healthy priority of bettering yourself, being the person you want to be so that you could down the road be ready for your significant other and fill that desire that God has put in your life with a healthy and intimate marriage. The point I want to make here isn't the idea of oh lust is an idol. The point I want to make is that just because Satan could turn a good thing into a bad thing doesn't mean that you can't change it back to a good thing. Whatever you're idolizing, whether it's lust, or it's the desire to work hard, or the desire to make money, or the desire to achieve a lot, whatever it is, it started most likely from a good thing, but then Satan could turn it around into a bad thing and a negative idol, but you could turn that negative idol back into a positive priority. You just have to see, okay, this is the idol in my life. I want to be comfortable with it, but in order for me to overcome this idol, I need to be uncomfortable, make a few changes in my life to turn it into a healthy priority instead of a negative idol. Another example of this is that maybe one of your idols is envy. That's a sin, and you don't want it to be a priority or an idol. However, perhaps the main root of that envy and jealousy is that you want to be the best person of yourself that you could be, But Satan can turn this good thing of wanting to be the best version of yourself into a bad thing and cause you to compare yourself to others and resent others in a negative way. But a way to turn this idol into something good, into a good priority, not a negative idol, is to work on being the best version of yourself so that you could do what God wants you to do. You can work on not comparing yourself, not resenting others, focusing on the different things that you need to do each day to challenge yourself, work hard, do things that fill up your cup. You see, you can turn the negative idol of jealousy into a positive priority of bettering yourself. Any negative idol can be turned into a good thing. But maybe, as I said earlier, what you're idolizing isn't as negative as lust or envy or greed. You know, maybe what you're idolizing is the achievement in your job or pleasing everyone or having a very clean home and organized life or having a very successful business or a very healthy lifestyle. You see, these are not bad things, but if you feel like you're making them more important than God, you just need to make a couple simple changes in your life to turn them into that positive priority instead of a negative idol. So that's that simple change that I'm referring to is the 80-20 rule. Now, just as a side note, I have this entire podcast recorded all at one time, but then I wanted to change up a couple different ways that I said a few things. So I went back and recorded a section that you'll hear in a second, but I just really wanted to be intentional in how I said things. So if the audio sounds a little bit off, that's why, and it will go back to the normal audio here in a little bit. So the way that I like to think of the 80-20 rule is in two separate ways. The first way is kind of the way that you think when you hear the 80-20 rule in terms of eating healthy, You're not going to be perfect. 80% of the time you're going to eat healthy, but 20% of the time you're going to be more lenient. So when I think of 80-20 rule in that way, I think of it in a level of flexibility. 80% of the time you're going to have the routine you would like, but 20% of the time you're going to be flexible. It's not going to be 100% perfect or 100% comfortable, but you're going to have a little bit of margin so that if you need to be flexible, if you need to be a little uncomfortable, you can be. You're not expecting perfection, you're expecting real life. The other way I like to think of the 80-20 rule is that 80% of the day you are you know, doing what you would like, but 20% of the day you are having boundaries. Now the reason that you need to have boundaries, I believe, is so that your priorities don't become idols. So for example, um, just to kind of share my personal story, one thing I need to put a huge boundary on is having a healthy lifestyle and cleaning my home something that I put as an idol is perfection whether that means trying to be perfect in the way I look or trying to be perfect in how clean my apartment is or how clean I am you know as a person and as far as outward appearance and so in order for me not to have health and fitness and cleanliness become an idol because of perfection or vanity or kind of that outward aspect I like to put a boundary on my life so one way that I could see this in my health and fitness routine is that I would love to spend as long as I would like at the gym. I wouldn't want any timer. I'd wanna spend a you know as much as I want, no rush. But I know that if I do that, I will make fitness an idol and I will put it above other things. So for me, I have a certain time limit. I try to not work out longer than the time limit I've given myself and the rare time where i do have extra time in my day to work out a little bit longer whenever i do work out longer i end up feeling a little bit guilty so i've started the habit of putting a limit on the time that i work out and i'm so happy that it's become a habit because it's teaching me how to keep things a priority without keeping them an idle another example is when i clean my house what i did the other day is i just put a timer on for an hour and try to get as much stuff clean as i could the timer went off i had two minutes left to clean and so I finished there. I could have organized more, I could have deep cleaned more, but I said no, I'm going to give myself this much time, I'm giving myself a boundary, it's going to feel uncomfortable and it's not going to be exactly what I want, but I've done 80% of what I like and that 20% of boundaries I've put on myself so that good things don't become idols. So my advice for you when you're thinking about the 80-20 rule, I challenge you to look at it in two different ways and see if it works for you. First, look at it as that 80-20 kind of health type of rule. Don't expect perfection, expect real life. And know that 80% will go towards your routine and 20% is more of that flexible margin you have in case plans change. And then the second way you could look at it, if this works better for you, is 80% you do, you know, what you want, how you like it, the comfortable thing to do, and then the 20% is the boundary you put on yourself. It may feel uncomfortable, but it keeps your priorities from becoming idols. So a kind of a a step-by-step process I would like you to try if you're struggling with priorities and idols and struggling with being uncomfortable. I challenge you to first think of your ideal day. If you were 100% comfortable, think of what you would want your day to look like. And as you say it out loud, you may feel selfish, you may feel guilty. And that makes sense because I really think that God created us to have boundaries and to sacrifice and to be comfortable so when we think of a day that's hundred percent selfish and a hundred percent, the way we want to go, at least for me, when I think of a day like that, where, you know, I clean my entire house and there's no time limit or I work out as long as I want, I just feel guilty when I think about that, but know that I really think that God created us to serve others. So when we're only serving ourselves, we'll probably feel a little bit off. But the first step is think about how that day would go. And then I want you to think, okay, In what way can I add 20% flexibility or 20% of boundaries? And I almost guarantee you, when you think of that 20%, you'll feel a little bit more at peace because you won't be feeling as selfish and guilty because you know you're being flexible and you're sacrificing some of your time for God and for others. So that's just the two-step process I challenge you to take. It's something that's helped me and it's kind of helped me understand how to realistically be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Cause as you know we talk about it all the time we're supposed to step out of our comfort zone but what does that look like in our everyday life this is how it's been kind of looking in my life and it's been working a lot and i've become i think a lot more chill there's of course much more progress I have to make. And I also wanna note that down the road, we're gonna go through seasons where we can't do the 80-20 rule. Sometimes it's gonna be 40-60. 60% 60 of the time, we're gonna be a little bit uncomfortable or really uncomfortable. And only 40% of the time can we do what we wanna do. Or down the road, you know, there's gonna be times where you'll have 0% time for yourself and 100% you have to pour out to others, like when you're pregnant or when you freshly have a baby. You know, there's many different seasons where you're not gonna have 80 20. But I want you to focus on the season now. Figure out okay, what split works for me? Does 80 20 work? Does 70 30 work? Does 60 40 work? Does 85 15 work? Figure out what your season you're in, what things you have to tackle, and where God wants you to sacrifice and be flexible if you're wanting to see other examples of this and how you could put boundaries on your life in, in different areas, I know I just talked a lot about health and fitness, but maybe for you, you make watching TV and relaxing and idle. Maybe you watch a lot of Netflix or a lot of YouTube and you're trying to figure out how to, how to overcome that. Well, maybe a boundary you could put on yourself is I'm only going to watch one episode at night when I wind down or I'm only going to watch one episode in the morning before I start my day. Put a limit like that or maybe you could do an hour. I'm only going to spend an hour at night watching TV or watching YouTube knowing that you probably want to watch two episodes or three but telling yourself I'm going to really be present as I relax in this way but then when I'm done I'm going to get work done or go to sleep or spend time with others or whatever it is. Or perhaps maybe something that's been taking up a lot of your time is reading a really good book. Now, of course, reading's wonderful and it's great to get lost in a book. But have you ever had moments where you just can't put put the book down and then you're finding yourself falling behind other things in your life? Maybe you could think, okay, I'm only going to read a chapter a day. Maybe, you know, reading a book is like your Netflix. You need to put different types of parameters and borders on those kind of relaxing things you enjoy. And so with the 80-20 rule, it's important to know that nothing's going to be perfect. And if you give yourself 100% of yourself to many things, other things are going to fall into the wayside. But if you do things excellent and well instead of perfect, you can manage a lot more things. Another example of a boundary you could set is scrolling on social media. I know everyone's talking about this, how to put time limits on your phone, but it's really great to put a time limit on your phone with a password. The reason I say this is if you put like a 30-minute or a 40-minute time limit on Instagram, when it comes up that says, do you want 15 minutes, an hour, or to approve all day, it's really easy to click that, but then if you have a password come up, you think, oh my gosh, I'm literally putting in my password so I can have more time, it can make you stop and think. So I challenge you to put, also a limit on social media while you probably want to scroll endlessly put a time limit on it and know that you're going to be present while you have that limit but then when that limit is up you're going to do your best to get off so i hope this tip and this tool of the 8020 made sense to you and The overall reason that I think it's important is it builds up the habit of knowing the balance between being selfless and selfish, the balance of comfortability and uncomfortability, and this will help you tackle the problem of having a negative idol overcome your healthy priority. So girl, if you've been struggling understanding where that line of comfortability or uncomfortability is, I challenge you to write out these couple of steps. Figure out, okay, what things will I sacrifice each day? What boundaries will I put on my life so that I can live the way that God created me to live? Once again, I hope this episode helped you. If you have any questions or any different suggestions or if you want to share your 80-20 rule with me and the tool that I've described, please send it to me over the girlgodsgotyou Instagram or my girlgodsgotyou at gmail.com. All that will be linked below. But I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I encourage you that you can do this and that you can have abundance, joy, and sacrifice in each and every day. Never forget that girl, God's got her.